I like drinking beer and I like talking hockey when I get to do both. I feel pretty lucky. Oh, let's get fucked up. All right, folks, it's been a long time since we've uh, had an episode of the show, but welcome back to Let's Get Pucked Up. I am your host, Robin Coymans, and I'm currently pouring out a nice tall can of Yukon Brewing Unplugged, which is a wild foraged spruce tip ale, and it is very tasty. I've had a few of these already. Um, I'm joined by my co-hosts and good buddies, Stefan and Wyatt. So maybe I'll toss it over to Wyatt first. You can tell us how you're doing, what you are drinking at the moment. Hey guys, it's been such a long time. Hope you guys had a good summer. I had a very good summer, just like the Jets. And I'm drinking <laughs> um, uh, the, the the slogan of the Jets year, which is called the Quick Fix. <laughs> so I'll be drinking that today. It's a coffee cream ale from Bookstar Brewing. And just like the Jets, hopefully uh, the lack of moves this summer will make this a less painful season. Yeah, well, you don't need moves if you fix it with the coach uh, <laughs> right at the top there. So let's get ready for uh, an awesome season under Rick Bonus. I'm sure he'll fix all the Dales, the Jets right now. Um, <laughs> Stefan, how are you doing? What are you drinking? Oh, you know, I'm not too bad. Uh, I've been better, though. Uh, just got back from the south, and uh, these uh, these southerners, they got me a little sick, you know, a little common cold. <laughs> Haven't seen that up here north of the uh, the wall in quite some time. Um, so as such, I'm drinking a little Twinnings lemon ginger tea, you know, the old faithful. And I'm hoping this uh, this, you know, sickness I have on me isn't reminiscent of how the Oilers season is going to go because the only thing that can derail serious playoff contention and serious cup run is injuries this team it is set up for success well we'll see about that we'll get to the predictions in a second but uh, first I think we have to address the the elephant in the room the fact that since we've been gone like we already saw uh inklings of this when we were last doing our podcast episodes here on let's get bucked up but over the summer shit really started to hit the fan with uh, hockey canada so um although i don't want to have to talk about this stuff because it's such a downer and it sucks and it makes me really hate the sport so much i think it would be remiss to not talk about it so um yeah i i don't know if we need to give too much of a rundown of the things but it's just it sucks. Basically, um, what is it? There's like 15 different cases of sexual assault that have been covered up with a slush fund by Hockey Canada since like 19, what, 90 or 89 or something like that. Um, 1992. Is that what you're saying, Wyatt? Yeah. And there's a, there was two slush funds, not just one. Oh, two slush <laughs> funds. Okay. That's what the, that's what the two fingers thing meant. So, um, so one slush fund wasn't enough for all the sexual assault that's going on, basically, which is just great. Um, very proud to be Canadian. Very proud to have this as our national sport. Very proud to be having a podcast dedicated to this sport. Um, I'm hoping the sarcasm made it through the microphone there. But uh, yeah, this is a dark time for Hockey Canada. I'm glad that I don't have any official Hockey Canada paraphernalia because I would probably be burning it right now. Um yeah, maybe Wyatt, do you want to give us a little uh, two cents there on what's been going on? Yeah, I don't know. Like, welcome. Well, I'm sure we talked about this before, but like, this welcome to hockey culture, um, where you know, oh, there's no issue with 
with culture with like the hockey culture at all and then like this thing comes out and then another slush fund was apparently uh happened like came out like last week or a couple of days ago or whatever it was and then hockey canada uh they were doing their i think there was like hearings at the parliament buildings in ottawa and i think one of the fa- one of the quotes that came out of that was like well if you uh fire everyone at hockey canada all the higher ups who's going to turn on the lights at all the local hockey rinks <laughs> i think that the the rinks will just stop operating because we know hockey canada has a very wide reach of operations of local hockey rinks as well and maybe the ice will melt and then maybe the zambonis won't work and so we can't really do that because we need those people in charge because they're doing such a bang up job uh with covering up sexual assault so uh that was shocking and just like none of them are quitting (laughs) and like how much like read the room like how how much do we have to find out before someone steps down? And so, um, yeah, I don't know. Like right now, Quebec Hockey Quebec is not paying any Canada hockey fees, uh, Hockey Canada fees. I think Ontario just announced they're not going to pay them either, which is pretty big. But yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Like there needs to be a reckoning. Like maybe like like that everyone needs to leave in the top brass of Hockey Canada and then maybe remake the whole organization in another way, another form, but now sponsors are leaving like Tim Hortons and Scotiabank just announced that they're not going to pay for any advertising as well. And so I think as sad as it is, that's will that will be the, the, the uh, straw that breaks the camel's back with all these people getting fired because sponsors are leaving. Now, I know that the NHL has absolutely nothing to do with this, but like you said, it's a hockey culture thing more than anything else. So I'm going to ask Stefan, and Stefan, you can also add your two cents about the whole situation, but I'm going to ask you a question on top of this. Do you think that the NHL should address the hockey culture issue or what's going on with Hockey Canada this season? Yeah, I mean, uh, just to add on with uh, what Wyatt said just before we get into that, um, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting when you hear they've pulled they, the poll, the they've made a committee about this and it's interesting when you get all MPs across the board, doesn't matter what political views you have agree on one thing and that this is absolutely unacceptable. Everything about this and the fact that exactly like wide said, the execs and everything of hockey Canada haven't read the room, like give up, you guys fucked up, admit it. And, and it's absolutely disgusting because it takes what every kid loves going to the hockey rink and playing hockey in Canada. And it has completely tainted it, smeared everything about it. And then as Wyatt said, the other aspect is they think that they're almighty. They think that they're the ones who are actually making hockey happen. (laughs) Now, when I was younger, I thought maybe when I was playing hockey that this indeed hockey Canada is all being great, all this. When you actually dive deeper and you learn about all this, they don't really do a lot. If anything, they're just this faceplate. And if anything, this faceplate, like Wyatt said, needs to be ripped apart. And it needs to be, I, I mean, you have to first and foremost get rid of all leadership that's been involved with any of this because they're obviously doing an unacceptable job. And I'm glad that some of the uh, sponsors are leaving. I think 
the other big sponsors that are donating millions of dollars every year, like Canadian Tire, need to get on board with this as well. Because, like, whenever you think of hockey in Canada, Canadian Tire is, like, right there. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. Um, as for the NHL, I mean, I don't know if they will, just because we know how Gary Bettman and the lawyers react to certain things but i think they'd be stupid not to take advantage of this opportunity to say this is unacceptable we're going to stand by this uh and and going forward like anything like this is just not right because like you guys said it's a hockey culture thing that they had an opportunity to address and say the past was bad we need to change this but they aren't so it'll be interesting to see what happens but i think they should will they probably not unless they're forced to yeah, no, I sadly agree. I think that that's probably the path we're going down. And it's, and I could even see the NHL just being like, they know that they mangle any PR opportunities that they have. They always fuck them up in some way. Um, so I could see them saying it's probably better to be silent than to make a statement that just misses the mark, which like they are a tone deaf organization. So they probably would miss the mark. Like, let's be honest. Um, one of the things that I thought was the most like, agree just talking about the people who have been in charge of hockey Canada and have not stepped down and have been defiant was I think it was during the world juniors at the end of it um some of the like top dogs basically at the at hockey Canada I think like Scott Smith was one of them or something like that came out on the ice defiantly to just like award the medals at the end which was just so stupid so unnecessary uh Wyatt I see you uh, have some some thoughts on the matter <laughs> Just again, read the room. Like where, like what, what are they thinking? <laughs> so I'm just like shocked at like what their perceived value they think they are in the hockey, the sport of hockey. And like being like, how is there no one on comms at Hockey Canada being like, hey, Scott, maybe you should sit this one out. It's not looking too good right now. And like, again, they didn't really sell out at all in the world juniors as well. Like I think people also didn't want to go and support hockey Canada during those, uh, during that tournament in Edmonton. And you can argue that it's like the summer and it's not that big, but yeah, like it was just awful to see him handing out. That was like so disrespectful to all of the sexual assault victims that were covered up by this slush fund. Yeah. I think this just touches on another aspect of just how how much capital corruption there is going on with this organization, this Hockey Canada, as a sense. I mean, they're finding other slush funds. What else are they going to find when they subpoena? Apparently, they're trying to subpoena uh, Dave or uh, Bob Nicholson, who used to be in charge. So, I mean, like, the more and more they get, there, there's going to be even more information that just shows how much more corrupt they are and how awful this is. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure, far, far from over. And, uh, like, you hate to see it get this bad, but it's something that I don't think any of us can really be too shocked by. I mean, we know we know hockey. We've talked about hockey culture before on this podcast. So it's just, yeah, it's still disappointing to see it all brought out to its, its fullness, to see the, the, just, like, how, how bad it really was, I guess. Um, and continues to be, but uh, yeah, hopefully this will be the reckoning that makes people do the right thing finally at some point. Um, Why well, it's doing the finger thing? The finger thing means the money. So um, I guess it just depends on 
if those sponsors stay out of the game for long enough, maybe that'll do it. Um, anyway, guys, uh, on that note, do you want to move ahead into something a bit more, I guess, fun? <laughs> um, talk about what we think is going to happen in the NHL this season, do a bit of a season preview. <laughs> Who is the worst team in the NHL? <laughs> 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 it's right. not going to be Montreal, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so I figure the way that we could do this, um, maybe we can run through our one to eight for, through each division and then just give like a little synopsis on our why we picked them the way that we did. Rather than go like team by team, that could take forever. Let's just go give our one through eight. So hopefully you guys have some, some ideas of how you want to rank teams or you can just BS your way through it too, which... I know is the Wyatt Janowski way. So I'm sure we'll be hearing some interesting takes. Um, so maybe I'll lead us off at the Atlantic. So I don't want to sound like too much of a homer, but I'm going to anyway. I have Toronto first in the Atlantic this year. Um, despite their lack of goaltending, I just, I, I, I was looking at all the teams. I think Tampa is just going to be so freaking tired and they don't care about the regular season anymore. Um, Florida now has Paul Maurice as their coach. So that's an automatic, like minus 15 points at least. Um, so I do have Florida second, Tampa Bay third. And then I really struggled with the fourth place team here because, uh, the easy choice would be Boston, but they have a ton of injuries. They have a new coach. I really see them falling out of that spot. And the choice probably up until a couple of days ago for me would have been Ottawa to slide into fourth after the hot Dorian summer that we just had. But I saw then that Cam Talbot is out for five to seven weeks. And I feel like they might get a bit of a rough start with, with Forsberg having to play just like nonstop. And if they get off to a rough start, it's going to be hard for a team that young and uh, that freshly put together to recover from it, I think. So I actually went with Detroit in fourth. Um, I don't feel very comfortable confident in it but i have detroit fourth i then have boston fifth ottawa sixth buffalo seventh montreal eighth and uh yeah it's sad to put buffalo that low again but i really just i looked at their their depth chart and i just don't think it's there this year i think maybe give it another year or two sad to say um Ottawa, I like the moves they made on forward, but they're really relying on a guy in Jake Sanderson who's never played in the NHL to do a, a hell of a lot for their team. And Montreal, we all know they're, they're garbage. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll toss it over to Stefan for your, uh, your thoughts on the Atlantic. Yeah, I have a, I have a similar top. Uh, definitely, I agree. I, I think Toronto is going to probably finish off first. I, I just... I can't see them not. And like you said, Tampa is just so relevant in terms of like, they'll make the playoffs. They don't really care how they, how they uh, rank in the regular season. They always seem to just be slow out of the gate anyway. um, And then I have Florida two. I'm not going to get into the Palmer Reese reasons. I think it's, I think they're going to be still really relevant with uh, Matthew Kachuk and a few other good players on that team. Um, maybe a little bit more rounded in, in terms of the defensive structure, but we'll see. Uh, and then Tampa, because, you know, Tampa's never just going to fall out of the uh, out of the race. And then I actually have Detroit ahead of Boston. 
I think Boston's really going to struggle this year with all those injuries at the start. And I don't know why they just I have this I have this suspicion that Bo- uh, Detroit's going to be a lot more relevant this year than people think. They had some good offseason signings. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to say the goalie Billy Huso is the solution, but <laughs> they also have some young guys who are only going to get better. Um, you know, when you have the talent that they have from some of those young guys, like they're just there's no way they they can take a they're not going to take a step forward this year. Um, and then yeah, like I said, Boston after them. And then Ottawa and Montreal. No but Buffalo. Buffalo didn't make your list. Buffalo. Buffalo last. Sorry. Oh, I honestly, every time I think about Buffalo, I'm just like, I feel bad for them. They're in such a div- difficult division. It doesn't matter how good they get every year in the off season. They're just not going to compete because Ottawa even got better this year. Yeah. No, and I think like they're relying on. Like, they didn't do that well last year, and that was with Tage Thompson potting 40 goals and Jeff Skinner all of a sudden being relevant again. So they're relying on a lot of things to go right. They need Jack Quinn to come in and, like, set the world on fire right off the bat. They need Dylan Cousins to develop into, like, a a bona fide second-line center. They need to get something from Casey Middlestad. Um, They need Peyton Krebs to be a player. They need Rasmus Dahlin to continue on the trajectory to becoming a bona fide, like, number one defenseman. Um, it's a lot of things that they need to fall into place, not to mention the fact that their goaltending is suspect to say the least. It's Craig Anderson and Eric Comrie are the two goalies that they've got. And Comrie was good as a backup last year, but took him a long time to even be given a backup opportunity. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I would let him, if I, if I'd be confident about him going in for like 40 plus starts this year. Anderson's, Anderson's, I think, playing this year for, I think it's 700 or 800 goalie games. Like, that's an insane amount of games. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think he's going to make it through the year without a significant injury. I hate to say that, but. No, for sure. He's he's had a lot of wear and tear. Um, so, Wyatt, what are you thinking? All right. So, I'm going to start from the bottom and go all the way to the top, like Drizzy Drake. So... Uh, is, that the, gonna, is, is that an allusion to Toronto being at the top of your list as well? I'm going to go with um, the <laughs> Montreal Canadiens are last because all they have is Cole Caulfield. And I, do you think Juraj Slefoski will actually make the team? It sounded no. like, yeah, like, isn't that crazy? You pick him first overall and he's not going to make it out of camp. Like, that just seems like, yeah, it's not great. Um, so, Especially uh, when they picked him because he's like supposed to, supposedly like an NHL NHL ready player who can play against yeah. men in these big international tournaments. Yeah, so I guess that's what you get when you don't invite NHL all stars to the. <laughs> but uh, uh, then I will say uh, Buffalo um, because they have Tage Thompson, who's uh, very tall, and Owen Power, the best last name in hockey. <laughs> Um, and then I'll say Boston because like, I think they will be very close to the bottom, uh, just because they have, they're bringing back David Krejci for some reason. So, uh, there's that. So that automatically gets minus 15 points. Uh, and then, uh, they're moving, they're moving up. Okay. And then I'll, I would say Detroit because I'm still not 
sold on Nedeljkovic or Huso, I think those two will, I don't know, they're not going to be great. And like Cider is great, but they also have Ben Sherratt. So <laughs> like that's never good. And Andrew Kopp is not great either. So then uh, we move into Ottawa uh, because they just, uh, no one's talking about Alex Dabrinkit. I feel like he's going to light it up this year and be like a very good player and ageless Claude Giroux. So really uh, that's like pretty good. And like Cam Talbot, he's not actually not that great. So that's fine. Uh, then I'm going to say uh, Toronto <laughs> because I think, I think that uh, Toronto is going to finish. Was it uh, third? What fourth, third, third. Right. Yeah. Third. There you go. Uh, I think Keith gets fired this year. I think they stumble over the gate. Keith gets canned, and and they like and they just fit and they finish third because as much as I love Matt Murray, I know he's probably not going to do it, and I know that Samsonov is also probably not going to cut it compared to comparatively to like Tupi Campbell. Yeah, I guess I should I should remind listeners that uh, Wyatt owns Matt Murray in our keep dynasty dynasty slash keeper league, and he's. <laughs> The kind of person who, of course, would knock Toronto down a couple spots just because he's so self-hating and self-deprecating that he couldn't imagine his team ever doing well. Did you see Matt Murray last year? Where where is this flip going to happen? Like, no, no. I don't get me wrong. I think Matt Murray is not the answer. I think he's going to play like. I think we'll be lucky if we get like thirty-five games out of him, and he he'll play like nine oh five save percentage hockey. But the yeah. team in front of him is good enough. I think that he'd still get like. 25 wins out of those 35 games potentially. So would you get Matt Murray in the last round of the draft or what? No, I've the only goalie available? Waivers. Only starting or available? I got him off waivers like a cool, cool <laughs> manager. <laughs> and then uh, second would be Tampa Bay um, because I think they're getting older too and they're obviously tired. And I think Paul Maurice, vindicated Paul Maurice, comes in with Jamie Compon. And uh, with Ma- I think Matthew Ch- Kachuk is a huge addition to that team. Uh, and they have, what, 18 million tied up in all three goalies. So they're just going to roll all three goalies the entire year. Uh, and they'll be fresh for the, for the playoffs. Who's the third goalie? Spencer Knight. No, Spencer Knight's the second goalie. Oh, who's the third? There's another one that's up there. I don't know. Okay. Oh, maybe, oh no, sorry. 18 million is tied into two goalies. So that's worse. Yeah. Well, so. No, it's four. I think it's 14.5 million, isn't it? Because yeah, I'll look right now. Same, same. Yeah. Number. Okay. Yeah. It Number. just needs to be. Uh, yeah. You're just being hyperbolic. Sorry. I didn't mean to step on you there. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I think, I think they'll do well. Like, I, I'm excited to see how Matthew Kachuk deal does with uh, the Paul Marie system. But yeah, I think they'll finish first. Fair enough. So um, just so you know, I also have the top four that I picked from this division making the playoffs. Um, I don't know if you guys have thought that far ahead yet, but do you similarly have your top four or do you only see three or do you see five? Um, Wyatt, what do you think? Yeah, I, I have to say, I think, um, I think Ottawa just misses. Well, didn't you have Ottawa fourth? Oh, wait, no. Oh, sorry. I meant Detroit just misses. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and Ottawa. Yeah, gets, Ottawa yeah I have uh, I have Detroit just making it as the eighth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll so be tight. Team. I think it'll be a lot tighter than this year's Eastern race. 
I think it's a good, it's a good division though. I think. Yep. Yeah, it'll be an exciting race, I think, in that division. So we'll swing on over to the Metro now. Um, I don't know if I, I don't feel like these takes are too hot. I think it, yeah, it's kind of boring, but I have Carolina at the top. Um, they're just solid. Rod the Bod Brindamore knows what he's doing. Um, Brent Burns, I think, will sit, fit in nicely on the team. Um, yeah, they're just a steady team and they have crazy depth. Then uh, second, I wasn't sure how I felt about this one, but um, I put Pittsburgh. And this is weird because I normally pick Pittsburgh to fall off like every year and they never do. So I'm thinking <laughs> I'll pick them second this time and they probably will finally fall off. But they brought the band back. Um, so they signed Balkan and Latang in the offseason. I just look at their team and I feel like they have decent depth overall. And they just always find a way in the regular season. Like they always overperform my expectations, at least. Um, third, I have the New York Rangers. Now the Rangers are a team that I like, but I could see dropping off because they really rode their PDO like crazy last year and Igor Shosturkin playing out of his goddamn mind. And as good as Shosturkin is, there's no way he's going 935 or higher again this year. I feel like he could drop down to 925 and he'd still be like the best goalie in the league, but that'll lose the team like eight or nine standings points. So um, I just can't see him keeping up what he was doing. Then I have the Islanders in fourth. Um, yeah, I think that they have maybe enough for one more push, but we'll see. We'll see how Lane Lambert does there. Or yeah, Lane Lambert's there. Um, and then I have Washington just on the outside looking in at fifth. I think they're just too old. And with no Nick Backstrom this year, they have very little center depth. Um, Columbus in sixth. I really wanted to push Columbus higher, but um, I also feel like from looking at the analytics, it seemed they were riding a pretty high PDO last year, just to like 81 points. So Johnny Gaudreau's addition is big as that is for them. I don't know if it'll make the difference in them getting into the playoffs. And then I have New Jersey seventh. I just don't believe in Lindy Ruff as a coach. I do believe he'll get fired and Andrew Burnett will take over, but it'll be too little too late. And then Philadelphia, I have an eighth, which is, I do want, it is revisionist history because Stefan and I, I remember we both picked Philadelphia to make the playoffs in one of our last podcast episodes uh, before the summer kicked in, but that was before they did not sign one of Goudreau or Kadri and then had Couturier and Ellis both get injured for basically the season. All right, so Wyatt, who do you have for the Metro? All right, um, I think in last place will be the Flyers. Uh, it's going to be just a real awful season for them. Um, so then after them, I would say the Blue Jackets. Yeah, probably the Blue Jackets because – John Tortorella, or no, he's not there anymore. But oh yeah, John Tortorella's with the Flyers. That's what I. That's that's the note there. Yeah, I think the Blue Jackets are just as bad. Patrick Line sucks. And then uh, <laughs> going to after that would be, I don't know. It's like a crapshoot from like all the way to the Hurricanes. <laughs> like I would say, I don't know, the Devils. <laughs> and then I don't know. Then the islanders and then the penguins the capitals uh the rangers and then the hurricanes but like 
you could roll the dice six times and get many different like teams in that from like two to like six, I feel. Yeah, no, that's how I felt about picking the Metro. It just, it's crazy. I think the, the thing that I realized doing this exercise is it's crazy how much parity there is in the league right now. Like just looking at the depth for most teams, even a team like Toronto that I picked to finish first, they're not nearly as deep on forward as I would like them to be. Um, yeah, I'm just basically relying on their superstars showing up in the, the regular season. But um, Stefan, who do you have for the Metro? Yeah, I'd agree though. I think like the, the fact that the salary cap hasn't went up in the last couple of years has definitely added to that parity, which is kind of nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I got the Flyers at number eight as well. They are irrelevant. Uh, between the fact that I think Ellis and Couturier are both out for a significant amount of time and they lost out on pretty much everyone they were trying to go after in the free agency. Uh, I think they are probably one of my favorites for the Connor Bernard sweepstakes this year. Uh, okay, and then I had a hard time between uh, Columbus and Jersey, and uh, I ended up picking Jersey in uh, seven because, I don't know, it just to me, I thought they were going to get Goudreau. That would have been a good pickup. They did lose some guys like uh, Zaka and uh, I guess PK retired there. Great career for that guy. Um, but, yeah, they didn't really add anyone of significance in my mind other than Palat, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, then I had Columbus, uh, obviously, because they won the Goudreau sweepstakes. Uh, who would have saw that coming? No one. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they can, you know, do stuff with Line A and others. Because I think he's still there, isn't he? Yeah, why was alluding to how shitty he yeah. was in his picks. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, any give it give it to Wyatt. Any ex Jet, he'll bring it up. <laughs> anyway, um, then I'm gonna go number five uh, Islanders because I don't know Lou Lamorello should be gone. I think he will be gone this year because his whole theory that last year was an anomaly. And they're going to be back into, you know, playoff contention. I think is complete farce. Uh, I mean, they got some young guys, I guess. Noah Dobson and uh, what's his name? Romanov. Uh, but other than that, again, they didn't really add a lot. And I think, you know, if their goaltending starts to falter, they're going to they're gonna lose a lot of games. Um, I got Washington in four. I also have them making the playoffs. I just think they have too good of a nucleus to miss the playoffs. Speaking of which, did you guys see Tom Wilson walking around in preseason with a dog with sunglasses, a little puppy with sunglasses? No. So, like, cool factor. Like, there's some points. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if this is on Wyatt's scale of, like, points for the ranking, but I would give it, like, 100 probably for that. Um, they also got uh, Kemper. The net, so I think that's an upgrade for them. And then uh, Connor Brown, I don't know how you guys feel about him, but I think he'll be a better fit in Washington than he was in Ottawa. He was a pretty good fit in Ottawa too, but like he's just a great utility player. I think he fits into that kind of like third, second line, what Washington needs kind of thing. I yeah, guess the only, one neg- – sorry, go ahead. The only, 
Hopefully the Leafs had that kind of depth in, uh, with that. I don't know where, where he came from. Yeah, but, uh, if only they had Connor Brown, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the one negative is they have um, – oh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Um, Swedish center Backstrom. He's out oh, for a while. Ovechkin. <laughs> <laughs> They have Ovechkin, yeah, but uh, negative. They they have Backstrom out for. I think he's out for the year. I think I believe they've said. Yeah, no, he might be a like it could be a career threatening mm-hmm. situation. So mm-hmm. it's that's rough. Um, Shitty here, yeah. Like th- right now, they have Lars Eller as their second line center, which is not great. But they did they did pick up Dylan Strom for for basically like one year, three million dollar deal or something like that, which is a pretty savvy move. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyway, I'll let you continue, Stefan. Yeah, I got Pittsburgh three. They kept the core together. Uh, I think they'll be relevant. Um, probably won't have as many injuries. Uh, and hopefully their goaltending is, you know, because of that, better this year. Because I think that was one of their downfalls last year with the injuries to the goalies. And then I got Hurricanes second, I think. Even though I, I do agree Mr. Brendan Moore, he, he knows how to do it. And Mr. Waddell, actually, I want to give a big shout out with some savvy moves this offseason with his analytics team. He's probably got like 20, like the most state-of-the-art analytics team out there. Like 20 guys who are all should be working for Google. He's probably working on them because he always comes up with the most savvy moves every year. Yeah, there's no way Don Waddell is doing this all on his own. <laughs> He's got to be one of the older GMs too in the league, like. Absolutely no yeah. way he made this decision. Former former Atlanta Thrasher GM Don yeah. Odell. Like he's <laughs> his track record would indicate that he is not the person alone making these decisions. <laughs> so. Um, and then that leaves uh, the Rangers first. Uh, I think scary to say. I think Shesterkin's going to be unreal again. Um, I mean, it's hard to be as good as he was last year. And then you know they have again they they have a young team that's only going to get better. Um, I mean, last year, Lafernier, uh, Lafernier should be able to say that considering I'm French. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he wasn't the greatest. And and same with, like, uh, Miller. He was he was pretty good there at the end of the year. But I think these guys are actually going to get better, which which is kind of exciting, I guess, from that from the Broad, Broad Street uh, show. The Broad Street show? What's that? Broadway what? show. Sorry. Broadway show. <laughs> Philly? <laughs> yeah, it's like the Broad Street Bullies. Broadway show. Philly is coming in first. Is this, is this like a surprise <laughs> pitch? John Tortorella coached well, the decade. <laughs> the Rangers got the most expensive tickets, most expensive hot dogs, and most expensive beer in the whole league. So they better be able to show, uh, put something on the ice, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I got to say, I'm impressed so far with what Chris Drury has done at at GM for the team in limited time. Um, Being able to squeeze a first and a fourth out of the Dallas Stars for Nils Lundqvist, who wasn't going to make their roster this past offseason, was pretty impressive. Not to say that that matters much for the team that's on the ice right now, but uh, I don't know. Just wanted to throw that out there. I thought it was also interesting what you were saying, Stefan, about the Islanders goaltending. That's something that I think needs to be thought about and discussed maybe a little bit more is the fact that Barry Trotz and his incredibly defensive system is not there anymore. So they might not have 930 goaltending this year. Like they almost always did under Barry Trotz. 
Um, Sorokin, we'll see how good he actually is or if he was just a product of Barry Trotz's system. So I'm banking on him being really good because I picked them to finish fourth, but I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong. Um, anyway, maybe we'll uh, move on to the, the West now and let's start it off with the Pacific. Um, I hate to do this. I hate to inflate your egos to fan, but I do, do have the Edmonton Oilers first in the Pacific right now. Um, like it's, it's hard to go against them after the run they had in the playoffs and just thinking about the fact that they've solidified goaltending a little bit better. Like I know that Jack Campbell still has his question marks, but he's definitely better than Mike Smith and Nico Koskinen. And uh, yeah, I just feel like that team as they grow and get, more experience they're just going to get better and better um addition by subtraction also by losing like being losing guys like mike smith and duncan keith um as much as they provided a ton of leadership in the room apparently um i think that they can do better stuff with their cap hits so yeah i feel i feel pretty good about edmonton this year um calgary i have in second because they're still a good team and Kudos to Brad for living for keeping them relevant when he was dealt a shit hand this summer. Um, just that that Matthew Kachuk trade was pretty unreal, considering what he was working with. Then here's where it gets dicey for me, but I thought it'd be fun just to have the Canucks third. So I have the Canucks third, just to go one, two, three Canadian teams in that division. Because I think that Bruce Boudreaux is a good coach, especially in the regular season, maybe not so much in the postseason. But um, he had what was like a 30, something like a 32, 15 and 10 record or something like that with Vancouver since, since he took over. So I don't, I'm not saying he's going to keep on that trajectory exactly, but I think that he should be good enough to get them into third. Um, then I have Vegas in fourth, which I do not feel all that com confident in, but I don't know, maybe a full season with Jack Eichel in there will help them a bit. Um, I have LA moving down to fifth. So this is the one that I'm having trouble with because LA by all metrics was a really good possession team that was just undone by a lack of finishing talent last year. And they added Kevin Fiala. They've got players who are skilled, who are getting older and going to get more opportunities, presumably. So you would think that they should be better this year, but I still just, I just don't know if I see it. I feel like there were some guys who maybe overperformed last year. Like, I don't know if Drew Doughty, Drew Doughty, if he's healthy, can play at the level he did for the 39 games or whatever that he played last season. Um, Adrian Kempe, I'm not sure I see 35 goals out of him again next year. Um, it's tough to say. I have them really close with LA, but I have them fifth. And then I have Seattle sixth, Anaheim seventh, San Jose eighth. I don't really care to talk much about those teams. <laughs> Um, all I'll say is Grubauer is going to be better than he was last year. He has to be. So I have Seattle sixth and I actually have the top five teams in the Pacific making the playoffs. So, uh, Stefan, I'll toss it to you for the Pacific now. Uh, I'm going to start at the bottom and work my way up because, uh, I want to lease this suspense for the end. <laughs> um, one would think that Seattle would be the bottom, but I truly believe San Jose is going to be there for a while. Uh, they've just they lost a, a guy that plays over 20 
22 minutes a night, Brent Burns. And I don't think they're going to realize how important he was to that team, even though he is aging. Uh, and they're just, they're lacking in so many areas. So I got them eight or yeah, eight. <laughs> and then Seattle in seventh. I think they're going to get better, but I think they're still years away because of their uh, abysmal, uh, what do you call it? Uh, draft last year. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, this is where it gets interesting in my mind. Uh, I wanted to put for Scott Vancouver higher, but I, I just I just can't see it. I don't think because Menko is going to be the solution or Mikheyev. I think they're still lacking quite a bit of the things. And I, I was watching the game last night with Edmonton. They just to me, they have too many holes everywhere. They have guys playing in higher up spots they would in some of these other teams in the top of the Pacific. Um, though I will say Boudreaux is probably the best thing for them this year, some continuity there. And then I had L or, uh, the Vegas. Um, and I have them just narrowly making the playoffs. But uh, I just think they're still without their goalie. Uh, I don't know, like I don't know about you guys, but the, I don't even know the names of these three guys that are apparently going to be their triacta or trifecta or whatever in net. <laughs> but it's not looking good. Triumvirate, that's the yeah. word. Thank you. <laughs> no trifecta is one too. I just wanted to flex my. That's the one I was looking for, though. Anyway, I mean, they lost Patrietti. They lost Dadanoff. They don't have their starting goalie anymore. I think Jack Eichel is like a, a leech and not a good leech. Like not one you use for fishing, not live bait. Uh, anyway, so I think they're they're just barely going to make the playoffs. I don't want them to, but they're going to. Then I got in fourth. Wait for it. Wait for it. No, wait, I'm one number off, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, I was like, where's Anaheim? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, no, I got, I got uh, Anaheim in fourth, sorry. Okay. Wow. that's big. So I guess Vegas isn't making the playoffs, sorry. I, I'm, I did, I'm bad at math today. <laughs> and the reason why I put Anaheim ahead of Vegas is I think Klingberg and Strom are all additions for them. Uh, as much as I like Gatslav, I think he was he was slow last year. And, and I definitely think they have some young guys that are, again, going to get way better this year, like Mason McTavish and, and uh, Zegers and Troy Terry. Like, these guys are all impactful players. They're only going to get better as they play more games. Um, and Vitrano is also, I think, a, a decent addition for them at this time. The big question, I think, with Anaheim is is uh, Gibson and Nett again. I can't believe goaltending seems to be always the, the question with all these teams. And, and then I have in third, I have L.A. I think, I think with the uh, bringing back of Dowdy, addition by, or, yeah, addition by subtraction. Holy crap. I feel like I uh, can't speak tonight there, guys. And, um, and also, just again, these young guys coming out. Like, they almost beat Edmonton last year. They were a good team without their best player. And again, the, the one question mark is their goaltending. Can Cal Peterson be a little bit better, just a little bit better than he was last year? 
Yes, that's all they need. So yes, that's all. Do you have one on your fantasy team? You must have them, Wyatt. <laughs> Wyatt has, I think, three goalies from this division on his fantasy. <laughs> Get ready. And, <laughs> and then I have Edmonton in second because the playoffs in Stanley Cup isn't one in the regular season. It doesn't matter where you finish. And for some reason, Calgary has had Edmonton's number the last whatever in the regular season. So I, I have Edmonton, even though I think they're extremely loaded, and I'm excited to sounds, see what sounds like following. Blue is upset with your uh, Penny. Oh, that's Penny. Sorry. <laughs> sounds sounds like Penny in any case is upset with you uh, picking. Yeah, the she, she's over the she's a big Oilers fan. Copper, you know, copper yeah. colored. Anyway, um, yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Holloway and like some of these other guys, uh, the young guys, can do this year. Um, he's looked really good in the preseason. Uh, and, and the one thing that's scary is if they don't lock up an extension for like a guy like Evan Bouchard and he's playing number one power play minutes in this power play, he's going to cost them a fortune anyway. Uh, and then that leaves Calgary number one. I really do think even though they lost Kachuk and he's kind of was their heartbeat, I guess, of their team and Goudreau, who's obviously a really good player. I think they're a better team now because of the Uyghurs and the Cadres. They're going to play more of the um, the Sutter type of hockey. I think they're going to be more rounded because uh, last year the, the biggest thing was just if you could shut down that top line, you had a chance. So I think I think Calgary will be a little bit better team and like they still have really good goaltending. They've got the deepest defense in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, that defense is filthy when you look at it. Yeah. It's just insane. So, yeah, I have them beating them, the Oilers in the regular season, but let me tell you, playoffs, Stanley Cup, 8-1 in the regular season. <laughs> well, you're just, like, popping the popcorn after that, like, just satisfy, self-satisfyingly, the big smirk on your face. Playoffs ain't one in the regular season. Um, anyway, Wyatt, how are you? Uh, how are you seeing this going down? And I'm waiting for the like Grubauer, Peterson, Aiden Hill, one, two, three at the top of the Pacific. Uh, all right, yeah. So, uh, from the bottom, um, it's gonna be the Sharks. Like, I don't even know is it James Reimer? Is he the goalie of the Sharks? He and Capo Kakanen. Oh, goodness. All right, so it's gonna be gonna be the Sharks at the bottom. Uh, and then the Canucks, no, sorry, not the Canucks, the Ducks, the Ducks will be next after them, uh, because I don't know, they're just not very good. Uh, and then the, like, I don't think Troy Terry is going to be good this year who, or Zegris will just get headhunted. Like Tortorella is going to probably break his ankle himself, uh, when they play, um, Philly. So then after that, uh, there'll be a bounce back season from Grubauer because you can't get worse than it sorry. was last year. Sorry, I just want to pause for a sec. Um, did you see that Yan Yannick took a run at Zegris in the preseason and Zegris is injured right now? So the Arizona yeah. Coyotes again? Yeah. Going after, after the Ducks, after Zegris? Yep. <laughs> it's pretty and funny. That, and that will, that will be the, the season for the Ducks, like trying to protect him and then they inevitably won't. So... Yeah, and then uh, then it'll be the, the Kraken because Grubauer can't be worse than he was last year. So um, he'll have a bounce back year. And then um, 
yeah, the Kraken are going to finish, I guess, like third last. So that's good. <laughs> and then the Golden Knights, led by Aiden Hill, who I'm probably going to drop and put and replace him with Craig Anderson because that's where my goaltending situation is at. Um, so he, they'll be after that. And then um, after the Golden Knights, it'll be the Canucks, I think. Um, and I think the Canucks make the playoffs. I think this is, I think this is the, the year that they do it. Uh, and then the Kings and then the Oilers and then the Flamers. So do all three of us have five teams coming out of the Pacific? Uh, I have four. You have four? Yeah. So I thought you said, I... wait, so did you say, you said that the Knights are fifth then? Yeah, I, the Golden Knights missed the playoffs. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and wait, so Stefan, you also said the Knights missed the playoffs. Yeah, I, so you I miscounted. You had four, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Okay, my bad. I was I was excited there for a second because the Pacific has been the laughing stock of the NHL for so long that it's like, <laughs> it's pretty wild to see that they are punching above their weight now suddenly in the West. No, but that being said, I feel still, like, sorry, go ahead, this, Wyatt. Central division is so much stronger than the Pacific this year. Like, there's going to be five teams coming out of the Central. I, I disagree. I think the Central is weaker than the Pacific this year. Um, minus, like, Minnesota and Colorado. Those two teams are the top two teams possibly in the West. But I do think that um, it doesn't really... Like, if you compared the East to the West right now, like, the top five teams in the Pacific, probably only, like, two or three of them would make the playoffs in each of the divisions in the East. So, yeah, I think that the East is just stronger overall. Minus, of course, like Colorado. But, uh, yeah, maybe that's a nice segue into the last division, the Central. We've teased it out a bit. And I am going to give in and do the count from the bottom to the top like you guys have for extra dramatic effects because you've swayed me with your uh, your – Basically, why you started a revolution, and I'm, I'm, fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm finally aboard. So, of us. Oh, so uh, for eighth in this one, it was uh, a lot of uh, back and forth in my mind, but I just can't see the Arizona Coyotes finishing anything but last in the NHL, like in the whole NHL this year, um, based on their just like absolutely like. Uh, it's, it's got to be like ego crushing playing in front of 3,000 people at the University of Arizona With or whatever it is. Their new arena equipment? Come on, it's their new <laughs> arena. <laughs> now, here they're charging a pretty penny for each ticket because there's only 3,000 yeah. of them each game. <laughs> they're super expensive. That's just so dumb. Um, yeah, I, I feel like every player on that team is already embarrassed to be on that team. And I can't see them doing much except finishing last. So they're last in this division. But Chicago is not far ahead of them. Uh, the Blackhawks, honestly, they I could very tempt. I'm very tempted to pick them for last just because I feel like that's what they deserve. But then they might get Connor Bedard, so they don't deserve that either. So I'm going to pick them for seventh so that they fall just outside of the sweepstakes. Maybe they'll finish like third or fourth last in the league, and they'll and, and I want them just to not get a top three pick. That's that's all I care about. Um, but yeah, they're seventh in this division. And then I hate to say it, Wyatt, but I don't think the Rick Bonus resurgence <laughs> is going to do much for the Jets this year. I have them in sixth. 
Um, I feel like there's weird shit going on in the locker room right now with the stripping of the captaincy from Blake Wheeler and him not feeling great about it. And Rick that's, Bonus- that's it's, it's over. So now reborn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, a, it just feels odd. It feels like they don't really know who's in charge or what's going on right now in that team. Um, they're still much better than Chicago and Arizona though. So, <laughs> so they're sixth. Fifth, I have Nashville. I feel like every single freaking player on the Predators had a career year last year that still barely got them into the playoffs. So I'm expecting some regression from guys like Granlund, uh, Forsberg, Duchesne, Johansson, Roman Yossi, and that should land them outside the playoffs. Because like, as good as Roman Yossi is, he's not putting up what, like, do you have like 96 points last year? He's not doing that again. Like he's probably going to have like 70 or 75, which is still like very respectable, but I just can't see it happening. I can't see Matt Duchesne doing this. Matt Duchesne's been an inconsistent player his whole NHL career. It will continue this year. He'll go from like 85 points to like 52 or something like that. Um, Then I have Dallas in fourth. I would have been tempted to put them below Nashville just based on the fact that they've lost John Klingberg and Jason Robertson, the stalemate with him is continues to drag out. Who knows how long that's going to take. It sounds like there's just bad feelings on both sides at this point. Um, Who knows? Maybe he'll sign tomorrow and it'll all be fine. But in any case, he'll be out of game shape to start the season. And um, I see Pete DeBoer coaching them higher than uh than rick bonus did (laughs) the aforementioned rick bonus but Mm -hmm. i think that this team doesn't have the greatest depth to begin with and not having jason robertson to start the season is gonna is gonna hurt potentially um then i have st louis in third making the playoffs i think everyone on st louis had a career year last year and they're going to regress as well but they're going to regress to the point where they still finish third and make the playoffs um i'm also worried for their goaltending though because they have Bennington, and then what's their backup behind that? I'm trying to remember. Is it like Thomas Grice or something like that? Like yeah, it's, some, it's some, is, yeah, someone who does funny. not inspire confidence at this point. Because Grice is like 36, 37 years old, just coming off of a brutal season in Detroit. Um, I am worried for their goaltending because Bennington was not good in the regular season last year. Um, who knows what's going to happen there? But the team in front of them should be good enough, I think, to get them to third in that division because they still have a ton of forward depth. They still can roll three lines pretty solidly. And Kairou and Thomas are just like beasts. So I expect them to continue on their trajectory. I just think guys like Tarasenko, Braden Shen are not going to play at the point pace that they did last year. Um, Then Minnesota, I have second. I think they're a pretty solidly constructed team even with their 15 million against the cap for Suter and Parise right now, they still have managed to put together a pretty respectable lineup. Kaprizov is, is unreal. Um, they've got some good prospects coming in too, which will help that will be playing on their ELCs. So guys like Marco Rossi, Matt Boldy will still be on his ELC. Kalen Addison should be coming in on the blue line. Um, yeah. I like that team a lot. And then I think it goes without saying Colorado is just in a league of their own right now. Um, even with Alex Georgiev and Pavel Francouz as their uh, goaltending tandem, 
I, I am skeptical of Georgiev and his abilities, but I think Francois or Francois, however you say his name, he's, he's underrated. He's solid. He has a career like 920 save percentage. He just gets injured a lot, but whatever games are going to get out of him, he'll be fine. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts there. So I'll toss it to Wyatt. Uh, because we can't have anything nice in the world. Um, and everything that we think that people deserve will never get. Uh, Blackhawks will finish last and they will pick for Connor Bedard, even though we all hate that scenario, but that is how that's, the world. That's the, ca- the, the cup completely empty uh, philosophy I was looking for there, Wyatt. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then the Coyotes with this new arena uh, are going to finish uh, seventh, which is going to be pretty great for them. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, so last year I picked the jets that were going to make the playoffs and it was the most disappointing and frustrating year. And so I'm going all in to like, just be so bad this year and then be pleasantly surprised if they do anything better than six. So I'm picking them to go six because it's just going to be just a brutal year and it'll be enjoyable to see the young players play i want perfetti and i want hanala and i want sam gagne to really flourish in, uh, <laughs> sam <Gagne. laughs> in, who's the same age as his jersey number which is cool 89 so um so it'll be great to to harness that youth and to harness hopefully... that eight that eight point game potential that he's always shown yeah and then ship out Wheeler halfway through the year and then uh, kind of remake the team. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, so they're going to finish sixth. The Stars are basically the Jets, but they're in Texas. So they're basically finishing the fifth, like fifth as well. Peter DeBoer does not inspire confidence in me. And did you know that Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben still play on this team? <laughs> like, that's insane. <laughs> I think I think. Tyler Sagan's getting paid like 13 million this year. Like in real money. Yeah. Which is just amazing. So yeah, like, cause, get- cause their cap hits are like 9.5 or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. They are each probably producing like two to 3 million worth of Signing value. Bonus and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, uh, then I'm going to pick uh, the blues. Um, I think. Uh, and then after the Blues, uh, well, I believe I believe in Thomas Grace, who's German, so uh, he he'll have that extra energy going for him as well. Um, that a lot of efficiency there. And then moving into the top three, I'm actually going with the Predators. I think Matt Duchesne has another unreal year. Uh, <laughs> UC Saros will continue to to disappoint me playing on another team <laughs> and. Uh, because I traded him away last year because I thought he was not going to be good anymore, but he'll be very good again this year. Um, and then uh, looking at then the Wild and then the Avalanche with uh, Georgiev having a career year as a number one. <laughs> Georgiev for Vesna? Yeah, Georgiev for Vesna. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Um, <laughs> Stefan, give us your uh, rundown. Uh, so I'm going to start at the top this time because in my mind, it's much more exciting at the bottom of this division. <laughs> <laughs> Colorado, number one, because everything everyone else has said, they just won the cup and 
even with the goalie tandem, they still are way better than every other team in this division. Uh, number two, I actually have St. Louis because I'm a Bennington believer. I feel like he was he's one of those goalies that if you have a backup that's pressing for his time, he plays really poorly. So now that he has no one, because Thomas Grice is not going to steal any of his ice time, he's going to just turn out a great year. He's going to be a Vezina candidate this year. Mark my words, turning back the clock. Uh, and they also have some other good players there and pretty good depth and some young guys like Robert Thomas and uh, Kairou, who uh, I think will will take us up. The only negative, and, and I can't believe I'm saying this from a guy who's like 36, is Perron is gone. Who would have thought? I thought for sure he was going to take a home, home, uh, hometown discount and stay, but he's gone. Uh, number three, I've got the Wild. I think they're going to be extremely relevant, even though they have a really old goalie named Marc-Andre Fleury and no tandem that Bill Guerin was so happy to keep, but managed so poorly. (laughs) So uh, I got them three. Uh, Number four, I got Nashville. Uh, I think with the addition of Ryan McDonough, they're going to block so many shots this year, the most in the league with that defense (laughs) core. They're just going to be shot blockers. They're going to turn it back to the early 2000s when the rules hadn't changed yet and everything was just so stagnant. One goal games, one nothing, 2-1. Saros is going to be also a Vezina candidate, and hopefully he doesn't get injured this year if, if that's the case. Uh, we got number five. This is where it gets interesting. And... Interesting, not because of making the playoffs. Interesting because I think there's a drop-off here. Got the Jets just narrowly missing the pl- the playoffs. Bonus is going to have their power play running, you know, without Wheeler. Because <laughs> he's getting <laughs> traded 100% by the end of the year. Uh, and then after that, we got in sixth. The Dallas Stars, who are going to have Robertson till Christmas, (laughs) if at all. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how that goes, but I just can't believe all these teams poorly managing these superstar young players. Anyway, uh, next, the battle for Bedard. That's what I'm calling it. It's going to be in seventh Chicago because I think if you have a stadium over 6,000 or whatever Arizona has, you shouldn't be able to win Bedard. (laughs) And also, yeah, not not a fan of that organization. I do think, though, (laughs) by the end of the year, both of their superstars from their cup era will be gone. They will be on new teams. And that's my hot take for this year. And uh, finally, we have Arizona, the bottom dwellers, who have recently picked up a bunch of contracts, garbage contracts, and that will show on the ice. They will be the worst team in the league. So we've already got a few people saying who they think the worst team in the league is going to be. 
maybe we should do our picks for uh, best team and worst team. So <laughs> President's Trophy and best chances at Bedard. So um, I've already said that I think Arizona is the worst team in the league. So I'll stand by that. Um, best team in the league res- for the regular season this year. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Carolina Hurricanes winning the President's Trophy. Um, Stefan, you just said you think Arizona's last. Who do you have first? I got the Flames. Wow. Um, really, you're really buying the Flames, what they're selling. <laughs> I mean, you don't gonna... win the cup when you win the President's Trophy. No, that's fair. Um, Wyatt, what do you think? Oh, for best team? Well, you, are you saying Chicago's last? I think you said. Uh, I don't. Yeah, probably Chicago will be last. Like, who is on their team? Who's their first line center? <laughs> I honestly can't tell you off the top of my head. It's uh, yeah. Taves. Is it Taves? It's still Taves. Uh, I don't think. I don't think Taves wants to be the first line center. On that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's it's a toss up between. Um, Arizona and Chicago and it's hilarious that they are both in the same division uh so I don't know like I would say probably Chicago would have the edge because oh Max Domi is their number one center so again like so there's that but like their top six is at Athanasiu Domi Kane Taylor Radish Jonathan Taves and Tyler Johnson like Come on. Are you kidding me? Their top four for defense is Alex Vlasic. No, not Mark Andre, Alex Vlasic. I think you mean uh, Mark Edward, but yeah. And Seth Jones, Jack Johnson, and Caleb Jones. So they got the Jones bros going for it. And then they have Peter Morazic and Stalock as their two goalies. Like, like, could AHL teams could beat this team? <laughs> like, it's it's absolutely ridiculous and then we have the arizona coyotes top six which at least they have like keller travis boyd okay i guess not travis boyd but like nick schmaltz (laughs) nick ritchie barrett hayton and zach cassian like that's a solid top six oh yeah you're you're always doing great when you got travis boyd and zach cassian (laughs) in your top six but their d is is pretty good too like gossip bear mayo Patrick Nemeth and Connor Timmons. As oh, top God. Players. Patrick Nemeth. I forgot that he was still in the NHL. He's the guy who I picked last year for being the least valuable player in the NHL. And he's in their top 4D. Oh, then, dear God. Yeah, and then, uh, but don't worry. They have Carl Vilmenka, Carol Vilmenka, and Ivan Prostostov as their goaltenders. No, so they cl- No, they claimed Jonas Johansson off waivers the other day, so he's actually oh. going to be their backup. Isn't he the worst goalie of all time? He's the goalie who's been passed around from team to team between like Colorado and Florida. And yeah, just yeah, so, as a third yeah. stringer with like an 860 save percentage, basically. Like here, here are some names. Have you heard of Laurent Dauphin? I have, but that's just because I'm a sicko and I play way too much fantasy hockey. Or Brent McCartney or okay, Ben. I, I have not heard of Ben McCartney and I have scoured rosters I, yeah. I, I feel like I know at least like 600 hockey names right now, but I do not know that one. Nathan Smith is on Arizona's PP1. <laughs> <laughs> I, went to, I went to university with a Nathan Smith. He was a good guy. Yeah, like what? 
like I don't get this and like having I don't know Sam Lafferty is on Chicago Mm. and Colin Blackwell you know what's wild too I so I just want to get into this for a second but Lucas Reichel started the preseason as their first line center in Chicago just because they're so bereft of talent but then I think that Kyle Davidson wants them to tank so badly that he sent Reichel down to the AHL. So Reichel yeah. didn't even make the starting roster, the like the opening night's lineup, even though he's clearly good enough to, and he put up a point a game in the AHL last year, but just because they want to tank that badly. But don't don't worry, they have Mackenzie Entwistle and Jujar <laughs> Kara, Oilers legend Jujar. Unreal. <laughs> oh, so glad Jujar's back. Yeah, go Jujar. <laughs> yeah. oh, Jujar, Jujar, don't call me Jar Jar Kara. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Where's he been the last six years? He was in um, places. Yeah. Again, I think it's going to be a fun battle to see who the worst team is. And, like, I can't wait for them to, to play each other a bunch of times and seeing, like, oh. like, how bad that game is going to be. Oh, it'll, it'll be like the Arizona Buffalo game all over again when it was the Connor McDavid draft year and the, both teams <laughs> fans were cheering when the other team would score. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> if I was, if I was rich or I just had a lot of time on my hands, I would seriously contemplate getting tickets to all of the matchups between those two teams and going to every single one and starting my own social media page just for attending those games. <laughs> that would be entertainment in my mind. For sure. Especially, oh, a- especially at the 3,000 seat arena in Arizona. Like, it's just, just, just such a gong show. Be- speaking of awfulness, how, Stefan, how do you feel about Jake Furtanen trying to make the Edmonton Oilers? Oh, man. <laughs> he's not going to make it. Have you seen? Oh, he's awful. He's not good at all. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, like, why is Ken Holland going out on a limb to offer a PTO to Jake Furtanen of all? Yeah, he, uh, he actually so has like, early stage uh, Alzheimer's, and he signed him by accident when, during his one of his mantic <laughs> during one of his episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Jake Furtanen is worse than probably like thirty guys who are still out there without a contract or a PTO, and he's also like a horrible human being. So yeah, I yeah. just don't understand this. Like. All that I can say is that Edmonton is just diving right into that. Like, we'll take on all of your shitty players uh, mentality. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see, like, Patrick Kane and Evander Kane lining up on opposite sides of Connor McDavid's wing at some point this season just to complete the – I hope not. Oh, God. The, the, the feels that they're going for. So, uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else that I wanted to talk about with you guys unless we wanted to make any, like, individual picks. But I feel like we've done a pretty good job here so far. Um, yeah, I think we can save that for another time. So uh, just wanted to say thanks for you guys, uh, to you guys for joining me on the first episode of this season. Thank you for, um, I don't know, wading through the shit that is Hockey Canada in order to get to talking about the season and uh, hopefully it'll be a good one. Hopefully it'll be as exciting as we were just amping it up to be. I think that the battle for Bedard might be more exciting than the battle for the President's Trophy, to be honest. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any like notes to leave on here? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just happy that we ended on a light note of, of going through the depth chart of 
Chicago and of Arizona. Like, who is Janice Moser? Who's that guy? Like, <laughs> I could be making up these names and no one would know. <laughs> I believe I believe Jerome Janice Moser is who you are speaking about, or maybe it's Janice Jerome. I don't remember, but I think you had him on your team for like a week or something last year, Wyatt. Uh, I don't. I don't know. More is there a not- rule? Is there a rule in your guys' fantasy league? that you must have at least one player from either Chicago or Arizona. Otherwise, I feel like no one would have any of these players. Hey, I've got like three Arizona guys on my team for some reason. I have, well, actually, no, I just have, uh, no, I guess if you include prospects, I have three Arizona guys. I've got Lawson, Krause, Clayton Keller, and Yan Yannick. I'm going to pick up Ben McCartney. Clayton Keller's good, at least. Ben McCartney's going to be starting for me next week, so get ready. (laughs) All right, let's leave it on that note. Superstar Ben McCartney setting the NHL on fire this year. Um, All right, thanks a lot for joining me, guys.